0: The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Uh, Big J's beef. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Big J's beef. I'm Big J, of course, and I'm on the phone with Nico. So the first thing I want you to tell me, Nico, is why didn't you come here to where we could sit next to each other, like happy-go-lucky people, and talk about Star Trek Picard? How come, tell our audience how come you're not here.
1: Um, my Star Trek shirt was dirty.
0: Okay. Well, you know what I'm going to say to that? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. All right. You're one, you have more than one Star Trek shirt and it being dirty. You didn't, I've got shirts here. You could wear. (laughs) Oh my God. That sounds like a flimsy. Yours
1: would quite fit the same as mine.
0: But still it would. Okay. Forget it. All right. I'm telling you, okay, last week, her phone's ringing off the hook while we were recording. This time, she didn't want to show up because her Star Trek shirt was dirty. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, at least tell me that you watched the season three finale of Star Trek Picard.
1: Of course I did.
0: Okay. Wow. That's good. Because if you didn't, then we were going to have problems.
1: No, I even even wrote down notes and everything. Ooh. And so, we'll start with The Last Generation.
0: Okay. So, let's start with The last, last Generation. So, before I go into my... Now, I don't want to say rant, but you know how I am. I'd like to get your thoughts on the episode and here are the notes that you took to see if what you saw and what you thought about coincided with what I saw and what I thought of.
1: Oh, you know, I'm going to
0: have a lot of beefs with a lot of things. Oh, I think <laughs> maybe I know. You
1: sh- maybe you should go first.
0: <laughs> maybe I should go first. OK, all right. So I'll do that. I can go first, which I wasn't ready for. So now you put me on the spot and I'm just like, uh,
1: oh, I have mine all numbered and everything. Look at you, slacker.
0: Oh, my God. Numbered and everything. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> OK, so I think I really like the episode. I loved it. I It really felt like that this was, and I'm not trying to be a new Trek hater. I'm not. I like all Star Trek. I'm not one of those hashtag not my Trek kind of people. But now I grew up with this. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation premiered in September of 1987. I had just turned 12. And so I spent. You're a late comer, late bloomer. You're like a year and a half older than I am.
1: Yeah, but I was four. I remember like watching when it was the original series in like, like the original series, I guess reruns um, on on television when I was four years old. So yeah, you're a late bloomer.
0: I watch. uh, Okay. So you might have me there. My first exposure to Star Trek was 1982 with Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Then I jumped into everything. Uh,
1: I bet you I bet you missed the actual release of the Star Wars movie in the theater, too.
0: Oh, you mean the one that came out like a couple months before I was born? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm sorry. You know, I, I was able to be there. I don't know where you are. What a
0: freaking genius. <laughs> so, uh, the point I was trying to make was that this really felt like a good bit of nostalgia for me because – I grew up with the next generation with these characters and their adventures and it really felt like I was back there again with a, a great TNG episode with the Borg with the whole conspiracy of how they were how they were assimilating and I guess the the problem that I have with all of this kind of goes back to what I said before, if I recall correctly, was that if the Borg really wanted to assimilate Earth, destroy Starfleet, whatever it is, they could have done that. Why were they being so extra? Why were, Why did they not send a fleet of ships after them for this? But the reason the way it was explained, at least the way I picked it up, was If you recall, there was in the final episode of Star Trek Voyager. Now, for anyone who didn't see the last episode of Voyager, you're going to have to pause this uh, fast forward a little bit or something. But she Janeway, the Janeway Janeway from the future, like poisoned the Borg Queen and the Collective and had you seen that that episode, Voyager? I don't think Endgame? so.
1: Or if I did, I just don't remember.
0: Okay. Um, you know my memory. Oh, well, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, because the Borg Queen in, in this episode of Picard, that was, that was what she said. She was left at the edge of space, poisoned and the collective dying. And at first I was thinking, wait a minute, what? And then I remembered, okay, that was from from Voyager. So, so
1: it was actually Janeway and not Picard. Cause I kind of like from what she said, I thought it was Picard, but okay.
0: But no, when she said you, I think she that was met,
1: like humans. Yes. And Starfleet kind of.
0: Yes, that's right. So that. the problem that she had was Starfleet, which was a legitimate gripe because a, a Starfleet officer who was, uh, Admiral Janeway, Janeway from the future at that point, did that. And the changelings, the problem they had was that the same thing happened with them. Now, they were poisoned, but Starfleet gave them the cure. I, you know, I I, I don't really recall the nitty gritty details there. But the point of the matter is, is that these two, these two species, they had a problem with how they were treated. And so really, it was kind of like a. Revenge, kind Ooh, of thing.
1: Personal revenge, though.
0: Yes, yeah. So it was personal, and that was what I kind of started out having the problem with: is why all the subterfuge and the uh, uh, secretness. But it seems like it was because, especially on the Bork side, that this was it for them. She was just about the last one. The entire collective had collapsed. This was like the the last bore cube, besides the ones that the Romulans had captured and um, had been on studying uh, as what was depicted in season one of, of Picard. And here's the other thing that I kind of thought, this doesn't, this isn't going to happen. This doesn't happen. But during the attack on Starbase one, when the Titan is doing these strafing runs against the fleet now, okay. Yeah, right. That, that, That didn't really sit that well with me. I know it's a technical thing, but come on, really? That should not have, that should not have been the thing. The Titan should have been wiped out within moments of that.
1: Okay. Should I point out that you just bounced around? (laughs) You messed it all up again?
0: Leave me alone.
1: Yeah. You said last time it was all my fault, but you did it all on your own this time.
0: Well, we'll once you go in order, then we'll go in order. I'm just kind of giving some oh, okay. general stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I did have something to add to that, but... Um,
0: All right, let's hear it. Since yeah. it, this is so, suddenly your show, let's go ahead and hear it.
1: <laughs> it is my show. You know, that's why they
0: watch. <gasps> oh. Um,
1: so, yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, I kind of think with that whole, like, it being kind of a personal um, vendetta, um. I kind of feel like the queen had seen Picard or Laputus as her only equal. Like she had never come across anybody else that she felt like was even remotely close to basically being a partner to her. So, um, yeah, I think kind of that whole, like, I'm going to go after your son um, was probably a little too humanized. For like for the Borg? I don't know. I mean I'm I'm having a little bit of problem with that.
0: Um Yeah, I th- I think I can I can see what yeah, you're I mean, getting at there.
1: Because it kind of seems like in all the depictions prior. Um, and I mean, I loved the episode. So don't get me wrong. I love Star Trek. But, you know, like when we're talking about things like, see, now you've got me all of this nitpicky stuff. I oh, no. just love to watch the show for entertainment value. And now it's like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, no, this is wrong. Wait, that's wrong. You know, but yeah, now you're so a real
0: I- Star Trek fan. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Welcome to our, to our collective. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. So, yeah, but I, I you know, so I, I was really feeling like this whole thing of her really doing, you know, she's she's trying to, to bounce it back and say, no, Jack found me because he's the the um, transceiver or the is that right? Transmitter. Truth he's the it. transmitter. Um, and he, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know. But I but here's here's the other thing I'm having a problem with. Not only her depiction of her being kind of overly human is um, Jack. Again, I, I know our little blip in in our recording last time was where I was saying, you know, he was an arrogant young man. And he, here he's thinking, you know, oh, you know, this queen has never dealt with me and I'm just going to run off and, you know, like, you know, go up against her and she's she's going to be at a loss. and. So we kind of see a little bit of that play into the beginning of that depiction again. Um, And then when they first show him, we see he's already been assimilated by her. And, you know, so I'm thinking, wow, you know, here he was this young, you know, 25 year old guy thinking he, you know, is um, indestructible, I guess. And he's, so easily seduced by the queen with these assurances of the motherly love. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. You know, is that really like, was, did he cave that easily? Cause we didn't see any of that, but he talks about, um, a couple things. Um, and, and the one reason I'm having issue with that is like he has Beverly, like he's been raised by this single mom and she's been there the whole time. So I, I wasn't really feeling like the seduction should have been that easy. Um And then also we didn't see it. So I kind of was a little bummed out that they, they didn't show us that whole scene prior to him, like him having a little bit of a battle. It was like, we just cut straight to, and he's already plugged in.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was also a little peculiar at how much he didn't resist. Like he, he welcomed it. He wanted it. he, and I know that he's a very like heroic kind of guy. He didn't want people to sacrifice their lives for him, and he wanted to, I guess, what he felt, do the right thing. But I was pretty uh, thrown off guard by he didn't resist it. He was just like, "This is what it is. I'm going to be assimilated, and I, I've got these voices. This." this collective I can be a part of. And it, it, he almost felt like, well, this was my calling was to be the Borg King or whatever. Prince, prince. prince would
1: be more accurate, I guess. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, it be the Borg Prince. Um, I, you know,
1: the thing is though, I've got to disagree on that though. I mean, okay. I feel like, I feel like the queen um, capitalized on his weakness of feeling different and the loneliness Um, and him saying that he was alone. But I guess he had been hearing voices, I think since, didn't he say since he was a young child? Yes. Okay. So he's had like these visions and all this stuff. Wasn't like new. So I kind of think about like the, the little tween kids that I work with and the high school kids and everybody in between. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think the biggest time, When, you know, I mean, I know he's like genetically and chronologically past this, but it almost feels like, you know, like he's this younger junior high kid who is like, oh, I'm so big and bad. But then as soon as I meet up with this, this group, like I'm sucked right in. And he talks about, you know, like being euphoric and that, you know, like, he's just you know meant to be part of this collective and it's perfection and um you know now i'm wondering though because you know even his dad um Picard kind of um hoax at this when she's she's telling him how this this has all occurred because we didn't see it and he didn't see it um but you know i'm wondering like is Picard right about it just being the queen or in inside that green, I don't know, kind of netherworld? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it really, are there really other trapped souls in there that are kind of calling out to them? And again, I feel like that's almost like the supernatural part of this that I'm, I'm finding is a little strong for being believable. You know, we had kind of talked about that before. So I don't know what, I'm not sure how to take that.
0: So you're having, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the issue that you're having with that, with the internal struggle that Jack had with the collective and how his father tried to help him, just that whole uh, artistic license of the same thing that happened with data and lore, where you f- you feel like. You're watching this stage play of them, but it's in their head. It's it's not. It, it's it's kind of like it, we're visualizing something that is happening mentally or emotionally. Yeah, is is that what you're getting at? Just
1: yeah, and I just I I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like the arrogance of Jack, and then right. cut scene, and now Jack is completely assimilated. I mean, you know, I didn't expect anything different, but it just seems like I'm a little disappointed we didn't see kind of any of what was going on with that. But I, I I do feel like, oh, and then, you know, when she pulls up and says, um, you know, like Jack can just leave by himself you know, like his, like Picard can't come in here and unplug him or he's going to kill him. I was having a little bit of trouble with that because you know, Picard just goes and sticks the plug into the side of his neck and Mm. then he's, he's what, just now there and he enters and then, you know, and then Jack helps Picard by ripping the plug out and he just like
0: pops back out (laughs) to reality he could have been a little more gentle (laughs) he was just like yeah
1: besides the kind of roughness there i'm (laughs) like wait a minute so how is it that if everybody's trapped with queen and and assimilated in there how is it that picard um I, i don't remember exactly how he was um, freed from being locutus the first time. But how is it like literally Jack just chooses, like, I, I guess, I don't know if it's something with that genetic altered DNA, um, that he is not so powerless that he, because he's that transmitter that he can somehow like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, in what I know of like transmitting and receiving and all that, I mean, he's definitely receiving from the queen And he's transmitting that signal, but like to enter and exit out of that realm and just be like, oh yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. And then I'm just going to unhook dad and dad's fine. You know, I, I I was having like, how are they unplugged? How is Picard especially unplugged by Jack? And there's like no brain damage. Like he's he's just perfectly fine. You know, (laughs) of
0: course there's no brain damage, right? um,
1: I, well, okay. So we are talking about that Siv body. That's one thing I keep forgetting. Yes but yeah. still um yeah i don't i i'm just i just don't understand how jack like is assimilated he just gives in and then he but like you know picard's having a hard time getting through to him and he actually literally has to go in there and really like get some sort of deep down like um genetic inherited like animalistic need fit fulfilled of family for Jack to like, really realize kind of where he is and like, Oh yeah, this, this is not, these are like either trap spirits or they're, like, I'm really, yeah, I can hear things, but there's really nobody here. Like, and if she yeah. was in the process of dying, then wouldn't, if she, I mean, I don't know if she would feed off him eventually or how that all would look but i i just was thinking there's like no good outcome to this like i don't see that if there was if she was poisoned and she was already decaying you know how would he not become infected then
0: i i think you're right i believe that that was uh so was she just
1: like i'm just gonna take him with me
0: you know that's that's a good question i really that one i couldn't answer but you're right this seems like Whatever whatever the Borg have is some kind of uh, communicable disease. It's like they were dying of the I, I don't know. Uh, whatever well, you it is. think
1: about if I mean, but they're collective, right? Yes. So it's like the beehive, and it's right. literally like like if you go outside and you spray bug spray mm-hmm. on your beehive, you know, like literally, it's gonna spread to everything there. So right. I mean this. Almost we're talking about, even though the collective is individual souls, they're all plugged in together. So it's almost like the data lore plugged into the main, um,
0: which was a great idea. Plug them into the ship.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I can, I can understand. And that's why I'm saying like when I was watching where Jack was in that kind of mental, um, whatever area with, you know, all the green souls or whatever is going around him. Um, kind of that mental space I'm thinking, um, yeah. Cause I almost was visualizing it like as a holodeck too. And I'm like, okay, well that's not right. But, um, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, like, is he going to sustain her or is she just going to spread her, her poison into him? Like, I, I just was like something at some point, or are these souls just gonna, you know, like dissipate there. I just, I didn't see it. As, because there was still some life to some of those Borg, as we saw Wharf go into the, the um, main panel, and he kind of reactivated a few of them. So there was a little bit of their auto- like physical autonomy um, through those bodies left. Um, But I was like, is that why there's still things floating around in there, you know, in the collective? Because those guys were still like kind of just a little bit alive. Mm-hmm. And so if they were completely dead, then I kind of I don't know. I was really struggling with how all of them were still in there and in her mind. So that was a really good question to see if if she somehow was making a hallucination kind of thing or it was her memory or something else that she was projecting into Jack just to like trick him.
0: I think that it was, it was a whole lot of stuff that to me, it kind of seemed like, all right, we sort of stumbled ass backwards into getting this guy to, to come to the cube, seek out the queen, become the prince of the hive. And, whatever it may be i really think that he succumbed to the dark side probably a little too easily without a whole lot of fight but you know what that's that's just me so but i i definitely that was great i really liked the uh, the stuff you said there made you really think so i wish i had okay, a copy so- of your notes so i knew what was coming next because <laughs> that's got me that's got me a little worried now like oh wow she's gonna be sharp so now so now all of a sudden you like doing this before you're like i don't want to do it rec- i don't want to complain about stuff
1: very, it did not help that the very first episode i had not watched when we like we're trying to talk
0: <laughs> now you're hooked well, you know i told but, you
1: okay so you know i like to talk so i could always find something <laughs> to talk about well i got to talk about cats last time so no 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 about. cats
0: tired of okay. talking about cats
1: hey i I actually found some cat shirts that were Star Trek and I was like, it was too small in my size and I was really bummed. So oh, man. let me tell you, like that just saved you from an extra cost right there. Cause it didn't fit. So I don't know. I was thinking about maybe like getting it and like cutting it off and mm-hmm. putting it like on the back of a jacket. Making and so that might still happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can creatively work around that kind of thing. Okay. So Just so you know. so anyways with the borg again i had another little beef with them um so yeah we talked about like the signal interruption and um so basically like there's a signal interruption and then right after that they the all of the young uh, humans who have been assimilated say there's a signal interruption continue with the directive and my first question was like how wait a minute so at that point, then the queen, I guess, was still actually physically, this was right before the ship blew up and then the ship blows up. So she did have, you know, the queen was the signal control. And I'm like, did they just suddenly um deactivate? Like, how is that possible that she blows up and they're still like going? Like, I I get that they said that there was like, um um she was like, I mean, I know Jack was broadcasting too, mm-hmm. but he was already pulled out of the system by then. So I was a little confused by that.
0: Well, he was he was pulled out, but there was still that um the thing in the middle of the bore cube that was still doing its like transmitting thing. And while we're talking about that, by the way, I should tell you, I loved all the visuals of the Millennium Falcon going all through the Death Star on its way to the primary reactor. To, <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I meant the Enterprise D bobbing and weaving through the Borg cube to get to the center of it to destroy the thing. Uh, I would have to say I was extremely impressed by that because you know how big a board cube is, right? Well, you know how big galaxy class starship is. And now the thing that I thought was, and it handled like the frickin' millennium Falcon. I thought that that should, it should, it should handle more like a tour bus. I don't know how it was able to do all that to be that nimble. Uh Well,
1: data was driving. So, I mean, you got to give data credit. He's a first time driver. Like, I mean, do you, do you (sighs) see like student drivers go out on their first time and they're driving like their, their race car drivers, professional stunt drivers. I mean, that's kind of what data was. So I, (laughs) I did get pretty, a pretty good laugh out of all that, where he's like, I think I can do it. And they're like, all right. We're just going with data's gut, you know, like yep. the humor in this episode was really good. I, you know, like I, there was several times that I was just cracking up about stuff. Oh so. God, it
0: was funny. Yes. And well, but when a little bit later, after that, when Troy ran over to get into the pilot seat, I said, no, no, get her away from that. The last two times she drove an enterprise, she crashed one, both actually and so like I just
1: dragging the shopping cart in the grocery store, isn't it?
0: Oh, when you tried to kick me, hit the shopping cart and like broke your freaking foot. That's what you get. <laughs> that was exactly what you get. You must be spilling all of my secrets on the show. You brought it up. You went there. I'm sorry. N- nothing. I can't help you. But yeah. You and what, about, own- what about
1: when they, you know, like I was, I was having issues with them bringing the 20 year old Refurbished ship out and just pushing the button and them going off into like battle but here we have a cook as the pilot and he's (laughs) like I haven't even finished school and I have no experience and now I'm going to go straight into battle flying mode
0: on the Titan
1: so yeah so uh, so that was twice that I'm like we have student drivers here who've never driven and you're telling me that they are driving like they are professional stunt drivers or experienced drivers so I was I was I know that was like a little nitpicky thing but I was I was kind of like you're uh, right I got I'm not buying this because I know I'm like in the process of of doing driver's ed again for the second child, oh, God. and yeah, that's what I say. Like you're pulling my nails out of the dashboard, so I'm just <laughs> feeling like I kind of like I'm I'm right there, you know. I I just was really strongly going and see that's the thing. Probably a lot of people aren't going through that, so they're like, you know, it might just pass them right by. But I was like. The cook's like, I, I'm a cook. I didn't even finish school. I yeah. Finish school. You want me to be the pilot? And they're like, you know what? It was kind of like the last time where they're like, we have no options. Yep, you're it. You're our pilot. Yep, you can do it. <laughs> it's
0: like- it's kind of like how everyone thinks that if they're on a plane and there's an emergency <laughs> and they had to get into the pilot seat, Everybody every one of us, auto. every one of us thinks that we can fly that bastard. And and get through it like um,
1: speed, where you know Sandra Bullock <laughs> just jumped in the driver's oh, seat and automatically drive that big old bus. You are know? you kidding
0: me? If I get into a car I'm not familiar with, I can't find the windshield wipers.
1: Well, you tried driving a stick shift too. If you don't know I, how to do that. I've yeah, driven.
0: I've driven. I've driven stick, but the thing is, I'm just saying. I practice
1: nowadays. That's you know, like you people- don't just
0: jump in and do it.
1: Right. Like, let me tell you about my little experience. I think I killed the car like six times at a stop sign. The very first time I took the car out to like mm-hmm. learn how to drive. I could see you're
0: probably trying to go from one to four at a stoplight. You know, stop <laughs> I, yes. I,
1: I was just trying to get it to like go. Folks, you know, let me just chair. tell you, anytime, it was a little embarrassing.
0: Anytime I am in a vehicle with this person, I think this is it. I'm going to die. I, I take out my what? phone, I take out my phone and I record the last message to my kids, and my family, because this maniac Miko cannot drive. You're not in a fast no, and furious movie.
1: Okay. So, but here's the thing, like when you've lived out in like Arizona driven in California and it's like the speed limit is like base speed limit is 75. Okay. And everybody else is driving hundred and you're going like 75.
0: But you do this shit so- in the suburbs. With yeah, the, the speed limits, it like,
1: disaster, there's nothing there. I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> playing here. children. Uh, the, everybody drives like snails here. I just can't handle it. Really? Okay,
0: so so okay. let's move on. All right, let's move on. Sorry.
1: Okay. So we, so, so my other problem with the whole like signal interruption with the Borg was like, so they pull Crusher in and she, um she basically gets this chance to be, admiral because she's now um i was gonna say funeral director for a second (laughs) (laughs) she was the um the the person who could figure out how to purge the infection of the board genetics and basically like just what deactivates it. Or, I mean, I, I just, I was kind of like really stumped by that whole thing. And then apparently she was able to come up with all in that whole same thing of doing that miraculous thing. She was able to also be able to figure out how to do that scanning for other private anomalies, which was allowing them to find all of the um, changelings that were, hiding. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, like, I don't think Einstein or any of the other people, Edison kind of stumbled across like major things like together. I mean, it's kind of like, so those things saying she did two of them all at once. And it was like, wow, just in the nick of time. And that was a little, little bit hard for me to swallow.
0: Do you have a problem with her getting the promotion or just that she was able to do it?
1: No, just the scientific part of it. Just, so why, just
0: why though? Why would that
1: breakthrough of two major breakthroughs, like together all at once? I mean, mm. now if they would have said, Oh yeah, she had been working at, and she figured, you know, it was, you know, months or whatever down the line. And she figured out how to do the transport or thing. Then I get it, but it's like, she's a medical person and she doesn't, I don't think she's got the it background. And that seemed to me, because it was through the transporter, that it was a lot of more technical than she might have been able to do on her own.
0: Well, I'm sure like, she had help.
1: That's not what they were saying. So, yeah.
0: Well, I I don't think that was a solo effort to do. I'm sure that Data helped. I'm sure that Dr. Bashir probably assisted. And he's an augment. So you know that he's going to have uh, knowledge that would become helpful. The doctor, if if the oh, doctor, the, the holographic doctor, got
1: huh? I, I thought he got erased.
0: Uh, the doctor. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Okay. There may have been an episode in Voyager where he did, but they had a backup. I don't know. There was always something. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't have Wait, a problem. Hi. You want to hear my other beef? Oh, wow! You got a whole plateful. Just- I told you. I told you.
1: <laughs> no, I, I told you. You've turned me into this nitpicky crazy lady.
0: Yes. Oh
1: my gosh! This is this is what you've done. You've warped me now. Yep. So my other thing, which I was like really questioning, was again with Troy
0: <laughs> oh. and
1: data. And, and it was more on the side of, of data, but like, so I know that he had a feelings chip put in there. Right. And, um, so of course, you know, like when he starts out his whole, like impossible maneuvers, you know, uh, driver ed as the stunt driver <laughs> experience, um, you know, we see him smiling everything and Troy's like, why am I sensing enjoyment? So we definitely know where it's coming from.
0: Well, but uh, let me let me just pause you real quick. I'm sorry. Uh So the emotion chip he got uh, during the events of Star Trek Generations and that emotion chip stayed with him until he was destroyed in Star Trek Nemesis. But the the emotion chip was not it, it was it was not needed for data because he was put into a basically a uh, it's like a human body I mean it was essentially sure it was a synth body but it's very much like with Picard Picard didn't suddenly lose the ability to to have emotions or feelings or anything like that, just because you he put, he's put a new body. So that's okay.
1: we're talking about two separate things. Cause we're talking about Picard who started out as a human and we're talking about a, a synthetic being that started out as a and, Android. It, it, yes. Man. Android,
0: but then he got the emotion chip, but the emotion chip isn't a thing anymore.
1: Okay. So, but here's, here's my, here's my problem though. With okay. That. Okay. I, like, two problems first of all um well the first problem was like how is toy going to pick up on feelings like i get that like we talk about you know when kids are little they don't really understand what they're doing and so we kids go through that whole thing of um imitation And they like imitate other people and they might have emotions and not know names for them and things like that. So I get that data has been through some of that where with the, with the chip, he was maybe able to like have some experiences that would bring him maybe an approximation of what feelings were like, but we're talking about something that I I don't know if we're talking artificial intelligence that is continually learning and progressing forwards, but I guess I was thinking of the old data. And I know that we've got multiple personalities that we have shoved into the synthetic. And I know that we've talked about a little bit about them combining. And he, in that episode where we see that he has kind of, I guess assimilated is not really the right word, but there's kind of that, it's kind of a conglomeration of the parts kind of coming together in bits and pieces and kind of forming a new whole. And he says, yeah, I I feel different than before. So I get that like, he's kind of having multiple experiences from multiple different personalities. And that kind of gives him like this, I kind of want to say like a backup memory experience kind of thing inside him. So he can kind of pull on those things to maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, especially if, um, Sung is in there, you know, he was human. So maybe it's a little bit like Picard, but just that whole idea of, is he really truly having feelings or is this more of like mimicry where he is imitating, what he sees around him and what he can approximate by like deducing things through his AI system to be, this is what this might be feeling like.
0: I, I would have to say that if that is true, if that is the case, then the same would have to apply to Picard. I, they're, they're both in, bodies that were created by Alton soon. They're both synth bodies with, uh, positronic brains. So I, I, I don't think that I don't think that data is mimicking
1: tend to continually evolve. Correct. I'm sorry. What it, it's a system that's set up to continually evolve to progress.
0: um, I
1: it's learn. It's constantly learning things every all the time. Right. I,
0: I, I yes, Never. but only in so much as like you and I constantly learning, but you know, we're, we're human. We're not AIs. Uh,
1: right. see. And I think that, I think that's what separates humanity. And I, I mean that he's always said that's his goal is to, to be human and humanity. And he even made a comment about that, which I'm going to kind of get to it in a minute. Um, that's why I'm saying like, you know, we can have computers that can like learn, like you can take a program and you know, you can take like a chess program and you can tell it, here's the rules. And then it can go through so many trials and it can like come out with, okay, I, I see how lo- I lose. I see how I win. And now I have strategy. And now I can win more times. And that's kind of where I'm still struggling with this, even though soon might've, had some sort of AI in, I I don't know. I mean, we're talking about technology we don't have yet. So maybe that's where my interest
0: is. I think that is, we're trying to take what we know now and the sum of the knowledge we have, and we're trying to apply it to, to things that we just, we have, we can't wrap our heads around. We just don't have the concept to be able to, to know what that is or what it's like, because it's just, you know, I d I I don't know. We're trying to take what we know now and apply it to to these other things. Um like for example, right now, we have no concept of what what alien life would be besides besides us, what it would look like, how it would communicate.
1: Huh? I still look in love here.
0: Ooh. Okay, let's see. How do I mute your microphone from here? (laughs) I can't believe this.
1: That last time, don't cut me out.
0: No, man, just burning me. What did I do? I didn't do anything.
1: You bumped the recording button on the keyboard last time. That
0: was an accident.
1: Well, you know. That was an
0: absolute uh, accident. (laughs) What? You were in charge. You were in charge of of all the... (laughs) All uh, right. What other beef do you have?
1: Okay. So, so I'm still on the whole data, Troy thing. So oh. once again, like we pulled data again and while he's talking about, you know, these feelings and we see that, you know, the, the, the part of where he's expressing one feeling enjoyment during the um, driving experience, the flying experience, I should say. Um, and then, we see where he's talking later. They're doing these therapy sessions with Troy and um, he's apparently like me. He likes to talk. So he's going past an hour past and it's basically a daily thing of therapy with Troy. And when he's describing how he's coping and experiencing things, you know, we pull up that mental health piece again, you know, he really is depicted basically as a bipolar individual who is back and forth and up and down and you know I'm happy I'm sad I'm I'm confused I'm angry and he's just like he has no stability within his experiences of feelings and I'm not sure that I would think that I, I mean I don't I guess I don't like that depiction just because I don't think You know, like when children are young, they don't experience everything all at once. And it's not like they're, I mean, they can, they can have, you know, upset and then kind of, okay. And that's kind of the two things, you know, babies cry or they're okay. You know, and I just, I don't see, I guess, a, a, a progressing, a progressing, evolving Android being quite so unstable, um, with newfound, integration of feelings, I guess.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So that kind of bothered me a little bit that, I mean, it was kind of a nice spin back around to kind of try to explain something, but it it just bothered me that that was kind of the depiction that they were going for, you know, like, I mean, if they kind of would have stretched it out a little bit more and then I'm trying to figure out though with Troy, I guess my, my other issue was when she's had been sensing that enjoyment, how is a zoid going to actually sense feelings? Once again, I'm going back to data. Is he actually having feelings? How can he transmit out feelings to a zoid? Like I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what her abilities are specifically, but that is just I, I really feel like that is probably beyond the scope of her species
0: i and i wonder you know i is there room for interpretation of she didn't she's not really able to sense his feelings in the beta zoid way but in how but like for example regular person d- would you say that you can't read my mind well <laughs> that's all right debatable. let that that's debatable but l- let's just say that okay you're not a you're not a beta can't you still sense from me different emotions even with not looking at me
1: but um, you're a human and here we're talking about this synth. And he's facing away from her. So she has no like she doesn't really have nonverbal body language or cues to pick up on. So, I mean, if she had been standing like in front of him and had seen him kind of smile and like poking in on the then I, I would have maybe bought that a little bit more that she was kind of. Maybe empathizing what he was feeling more mm-hmm. of than actually sensing. But yeah, so that was just my question because I don't really know how that mechanism with her works. But I get that, like, we had talked about, you know, with Jack, we talked about that telepathy piece and, um, you know, like him being a transmitter and all that. So I don't know. I almost wonder if that kind of was another part of how. She saw what he had inside his head, but he didn't see because he was like pushing it out toward her. And yet he was afraid to know for himself, you know, and sometimes our, our mind blocks things off. You know, I know when I was in a bad car wreck, like I know very little pieces here, they're fragments and the rest is, you know, just blank because, you know, I think my brain shut it out because it was so traumatic. Mm hmm. So I, I just I kind of wondered though if you know like I I just I was really wondering about that whole kind of connection you know because I don't think like we said we we don't have that technology yet to have something like data Um, but also we don't have people I mean there's debate out there that there's telepathic people out there or whatever clairvoyance or whatever else and I mean. I don't know i i'm i'm not I, I really think like in this situation maybe she just knows data so well she these are the people that she had been on a ship for with for so long she knows patterns of behavior and sometimes that's what i read off of you is just pattern of behavior you're predictable and then i'm like yep this is what he's doing so
0: can you see the look on my face right now <laughs> i bet you can't I, I just oh i'm so predictable mm-hmm. you just what
1: I just told you too much, didn't I?
0: Oh, I thought you just said you opened a plastic knife. (laughs) What? (laughs) Someone took the knife out of the cheese. Oh, my gosh. I I guess. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's that predictability with people that you have that familiarity with. And you're right. Yeah, because you know I'm predictable, but
1: sense of humor, like there's a little more of his attempts at that, and I kind of that's kind of where I felt like maybe there was a little bit of the, you know, just trust me, it's my gut, and Jordy's like, yeah, let's just go with his gut, and so I just kind of feel like I don't know, I just I was really looking at it critically, and that that just that that sensing part of it just kind of bothered me. It, it just yeah. I was struggling to kind of come up with the mechanism that would allow a synth to actually produce or feel feelings. And mm-hmm. then another human like species being the beta actually sensing those. So,
0: yep. I get it. I, I totally, totally hear what you're saying.
1: If data did have something that was like, you know, like Jack where he was a transmitter and he could like push that stuff out. But, But like, as of yet, I don't think that, you know, unless that was something that they were going to say he had evolved to, to, to have that ability. I, I just wasn't quite buying that whole part.
0: Right. I agree with you on that. I do. So,
1: yeah. So that was pretty much most of my, that was pretty much all my beefs, I guess.
0: That was all your beef. I think you might've had more beef than I did.
1: I did, but I think I did last time too
0: so the uh the student has become the master that's good oh, i was all past you right well, uh, i seduced I'm you
1: smarter of the pair right
0: i seduced you good good
1: <laughs> you oh you're not going to admit. I feel that the
0: anger you know you're not smarter than me uh
1: uh-uh. <laughs> i am
0: nope
1: See, our brain damages in different locations in the brain so uh
0: that's a stretch That's a stretch. Okay, folks. So, while Nico and I have a debate on who is smarter, and that's me, I am. uh,
1: Last time you said I was the queen, right?
0: Did I say that?
1: Oh, yeah. You said I was the Borg Queen.
0: Yes, I did. You're right. I'm not cold. Uh, I remember that. So, thank you Borg Queen for joining me on another outing for Big J's Beef. And for anyone that's still listening to or watching us bickering like two little old ladies thank you very much and we're going to be doing this again uh we're going to get more star trek in june but who knows we may have something to bitch about before then between now and then uh so yeah anyway I'm going to figure out why Miko thinks that she's smarter than me, because when I hear stuff like that, my first thought is, what the f-
1: Where's the beef? We are Beyond Trip Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile.